exactly the same thing. Shrimp dim sum with vegetables and green tea with semolina grains that swelled up like miniature cannonballs in the hot tea and tasted like slippery bird shot. Her fellow breakfasters were all men, but that did not bother her, and anyway they were all too immersed in their newspapers and noodles to notice her, even though she was an attractive woman. She was small and very slender, with a shoulder-length swing of glossy black hair and eyes so dark a brown they looked almost black, too. She had the fair skin of her European mother and the delicate bridgeless nose of her Chinese father, and she wore either conservative Western clothes bought at the better boutiques on the Nanjing Road or the traditional brocade dress, the Chi Pao, in jewel tones, tailored specifically to her directions by an expert in his tiny storefront shop near the Bubbling Well Road. Either way, though she was not beautiful, she gave the impression of an attractive, successful woman, which, in a sense, she was. This morning, however, she was wearing narrow black pants with a black linen top. Her hair was pulled back and large sunglasses hid her eyes. She could have passed unnoticed in any Shanghai crowd. She glanced up as a man entered, then stood looking around him. He was a foreigner, older, smart in a lightweight beige business suit, and he carried a leather document case. Lily lifted her hand, beckoning him over. He came and sat in the chair opposite. With a gruff good morning, he placed the document case on the table in front of him. A soft-footed server hovered nearby, and Lily ordered plain green tea for her guest. She asked if he would like to eat, and with a faint look of disgust, he said he would not. He was Swiss and conservative, and he did not like Chinese food. The tea house was not a place he would have chosen to do business, but this was Lily's call. My client is interested in anything you can show him, he said, without wasting any time, provided it can be authenticated, that is. Lily had done business with him before. His client's identity was preserved under a cloak of strict anonymity which suited her just fine. That way, she didn't have to deal with tricky, rich, artistic personalities who thought they knew more than she did. Antiques, and in particular stolen antiques, were what she had dealt in since she was sixteen, and she knew what she was talking about. "'I have some things your client might be interested in,' she said in a low voice, because you never knew who was listening. "'I expect to take delivery of a batch of antiquities very soon,' Cloisonne, famille verte, statues? When will you have them? His eyes bored into her, questioning her integrity. She hated him for it, but she did not show that. Instead, she smiled. Within a few weeks. Meanwhile, here is something very special, the most important piece I have ever come across. She reached in her purse, took out a photograph, and handed it to him. The man studied it carefully. My client doesn't care for jewelry, he said curtly. I think he will care for this when he hears its provenance. Lily took another sip of her green tea, meeting his eyes across the table. Your client will no doubt have heard of the great dragon lady, Chi Shi, the dowager empress of China. She spelled the name for him and told him it was pronounced Chi Shi so that he could make his notes correctly. Chi Shi was once a concubine but eventually she ruled China and was said to have been even more powerful than her contemporary, Queen Victoria. The Empress lived in great splendor in the Forbidden City, and in preparation for her death, 
she built herself a magnificent tomb, a lavish complex of temples, gates, and pavilions glittering in gold and precious stones. Eventually she was buried there, wearing her elaborate crown and magnificent robes, along with her wonderful jewels and precious ornaments. And before they sealed the coffin, in accordance with imperial custom, a large and very rare pearl, the size of a robin's egg, was placed in her mouth. It was believed this would preserve the royal corpse from decay. Lily paused in her story, studying the man opposite. He was looking at the photograph she had given him. She could tell from his body language he was interested, even though he pretended otherwise. It was all about money, she thought cynically. But then, wasn't it always? Twenty years later, she said, the revolutionary troops dynamited the entrance to Chi Shi's burial chamber. The soldiers stripped the temples, looted all...